Thanks for downloading this podcast. podcast. It's for personal use only and must not be rebroadcast, reproduced or used in any form without permission. Tell your friends they can get their own copy by searching iTunes for Radio Le Mans or visiting RadioLeMans.com. Hello everybody, I'm John Hindoff at Daytona International Speedway. Out on the circuit right now, classic cars from IMSA's past. Whereas we're sitting in a car that very much reflects the future of not just IMSA, but all motor racing. This is the all-electric Porsche Taycan. Earlier on this week we heard about the convergence, the globalisation of the regulations for the WEC, for Le Mans and for IMSA and those cars, the LMDH, will have a hybrid component on the back axle. This goes one step further. This is electric going Porsche, not Porsche going electric. And quite frankly, you will buy this car because it's a Porsche, probably just as much, if not more, than because you want an electric car. Now... I don't have to convince you of anything. I haven't had to learn very much because we have an expert in the back seat. Introduce yourself, sir. I'm Calvin Kim, the uh, product spokesperson for the Taycan here in the United States. I, I've said people will buy this because it's a Porsche. Clearly it is a full EV, but it is also a full Porsche. That's absolutely right. I mean, there's no way uh, Zuffenhausen would release a car if it didn't embody the, the value of the brand. I mean, it's got to be dynamic. It's got to be aspirational. It's got to be exciting. You, you have to... You know, when you walk away and you hit the lock button on the key fob, you want to look back over your shoulder and make sure, yeah, that's my car. And, you know, that's what the Taycan does. It does all of that. And it's designed from the very first, I was going to say blank piece of paper, blank computer screen, as a full EV. This is not a incorporation of electric technology into a a standard model. Yes, it's a four-door, full-size car, but it's not just an electric Panamera. Absolutely. It's, you know, that's the, that was the idea. They could have easily electrified one of the current cars, but no, this was too good of an opportunity to pass up. I mean, we had a chance to start a new kind of generation of, of Porsche thinking, of engineering. And so, yep, clean, like you said, clean sheet, uh, you know, on the, on, the, on the CAD software. And uh, yeah, sure, there are some parts, common parts, you know, the, like the steering wheels off a of 911, you know, and things like that. But realistically, you know, this is the beginning of a new era. Real world road tests. Well, here we are then in the Taycan Turbo. We enter the Daytona International Speedway at turn five, which is the West Hairpin. And then the exceptionally short as it looks on from our IMSA broadcast centre shoot down to turn six to go up onto the high banks of the speedway. Now we won't be going quick enough to get on the high banks. We're following the IMSA safety car. It's a late turning to turn six and you let the car breathe out normally onto the high banks. But as I say, we're going to be staying down on the apron here with over 60 Porsche cars, North America, uh, Porsche Club America sitting behind us. And the first thing that you've got to say about this Taycan is, even at just 40 miles an hour, and I'm told we will be allowed to go quicker, this is a proper Porsche. 
but it's silent. Listen, all you can hear is the tyres on the road, and even that is uh, muted. Really get the feeling of how steep the Daytona banks are here with the 30 odd degrees. It's like looking at a wall on the right hand side, quite extraordinary as we come down to the bus stop. And if we pick up speed, I'm going to have to hand the uh, recorder over to Di, who's behind us. We've got a little bit of a gap between the 911 SC. There's a nice blue 911 SC. If you hold on to that, Di, because I've got a feeling we're going to pick up uh, speed just a little bit. First of all, your impressions of the Daytona track, having had a look at the banking there going NASCAR 1 and 2. The banking is incredible. It's so close, <laughs> but it's at such a, an angle that you just don't realise that when you're looking at a screen or watching it on TV. And when you're up close next to it, it really shocks you as to how steep it is. Right, into the bus stop. The kerb on the left-hand side is the one that everybody's been talking about. It's been relayed with some little sleeping policemen since the roar. Let the car breathe in the middle and then straighten out the exit as much as you can little bit of curb there that's where you hear that that was the curb staying again down on the low side of three and four Kelvin's in the back past it that's the uh, Kelvin your, your thoughts first of all about the uh, about the track itself it's an amazing track I've actually been here before and did a NASCAR experience but I've never been on the road course so this is gonna be a first time for me and you're absolutely right about the banking from this perspective down here on the apron which normally you're not on the banking it looks just like a wall and it's uh, pretty pretty ominous actually now in terms of what the tear can is meant to do it's clearly meant to be a Porsche it's a four-door four-seat car that doesn't mean that you can't tract it though I would think I mean we're in Sport Plus now the steering's weighted up obviously it has to be electrically powered at steering because there's, there's no engine to drive a, a, power, a power steering pump um, do you foresee people will want to take a take on and do some let's say at least spirited driving uh, absolutely I mean I think that's part of the reason why you buy one and that's that is in my opinion our market advantage it drives like a Porsche so people that are fans of GT products um, you know sports suspension option you know if they're the ones taking that they will feel right at home in this car um, the dynamics uh, come from the guys that made the mid-engine cars and the GT cars so you know all of that is all is all in the mix um, I just can't get over how steep that is even on this front straight <laughs> yeah and this we're in the tri-oval now and of course I'm on the low side being a left-hand drive car and I can feel myself being pushed down now when, the faster you go the better that is the tricky transition into the first part of the road course is where we're coming now the inside yellow line has been slightly paved over you take a line that looks like you're going to go straight to turn six and we've still got cars coming out onto the track and then wait until you can almost see the exit of turn two we're picking up the pace a little bit now so behind the pits now through the chicane at turn two and then down towards the international hairpin at turn three so you want to be all the way to the left hand side of the road you've got to watch the pit lane exit there Breaking point here, difficult to spot. And again, you're going to take a very, very late apex, turn in nice and late, lean on the car, and then unload the suspension and your steering. Your, your actual exit point is just on the exit of the yellow curb. 
that would take you off the track at the International Hairpin. Now, this is one of my favourite parts of the Daytona infield circuit. This is the dog leg or the kink all the way over to the white line on the right-hand side and then look through the corner through to where, about where those Rolex signs actually and when you see the GTs and the prototypes going through there, it's probably a slight lift for the GTs. It's flat for the prototypes. Now, back to where we joined the circuit... And again, you can start to wind on a bit of speed here. Got to remember to unload the steering as smoothly as you can. And this car is absolutely wonderful. It's going exactly where I want to point it. And as soon as I lean on the car, you're reminded that you are in a Porsche. No squealing of the tyres. We're not going that quickly at the moment. Out through six again, back on to the high banks. Uh, this is an impressive car. An impressive car indeed. It's not the lightest car you're ever going to drive either. But because it was designed as an electric car from the beginning, then the weight has been kept in the right places, which is low down. That's right. It's uh, some interesting facts for you. It's the lowest CG of any Porsche ever made. Centre of gravity. Centre wow, of gravity, really? yep. And uh, because of the, the amount of energy that's underneath us, um, it's also one of the stiffest chassis that Porsche's ever made. And on top of that, we're in the turbo model. The coefficient of drag is uh, 0.22, making it the slipperiest Porsche uh, Porsche's ever made. Wow. So a lot of firsts are in this car. You can feel that stiffness in the body shell. And, th and this is a big luxury four-door car that the moment that you put any dynamic input into it, you feel the car hunker down and basically you feel it through your backside. And, and what's coming up through the bottom of the car. There's no flex at all. And effectively, the car's saying, yeah, come on, that's easy. I can do this. Into the bus stop again. Nice late turning. Let's just clip the curb on the middle section. Then you let it breathe. Then straighten it up early so you can get the wheel straightened up as you go back out onto the speedway. Again, we're staying down on the low side here. Very nice. A 991 convertible, I think. Oh, no, that's a, uh, it's a Boxster behind us. My apologies. It's a 981 Boxster in behind us in a very nice dark maroon colour. And they're enjoying themselves with the top down on that car as well. Um, as far as the Taycan's concerned, then, who are we appealing to? Well, that's a very good question. As I said at the beginning, this is a Porsche. So, obviously current Porsche owners are going to be the people you're talking to. That's right. I mean, we wanted to bring the electrification of the brand in in a gradual way. I mean, Porsche is now, you know, as, as innovative as the company is, is we take measured steps and, you know, we don't want to freak anybody out. I mean, it's a new technology. There's a lot of new ways, uh, new things to learn, new ways to drive it, um, how to charge it, how to live with it, the durability, longevity, the usability, all of these things. And so obviously we have to make the package very appealing and dynamic and fun and you know, it's customizable. We have more interior options and colors than ever before with this car. Um, so that you can personalize it to make it your own. And on top of that, drive it on a track, take it on a road trip, and just, again, treat it like a Porsche. Um, in time, things will change, I'm sure, but for now, this is our interpretation of what an electric Porsche should be. And the, the, the really important about that is it's still a Porsche. Right, let's go on the infield again, and this is where we can really work the suspension. Nice positive turn into turn one, roll it out to the yellow tooth curbs on the outside through two in the little chicane and set yourself up again on this short straight pit lane exit on our 
left into the international hairpin. Your breaking point actually is just about where the cutout is that we don't use here. And then you turn it in, and as soon as you've got turned in, you're basically unloading the lock and letting the car drift to the outside of the road. And then you set yourself up for the left-handed kink again. So if Porsche owners are going to certainly start this electric revolution for Porsche, are we then going to see, do you think, or is it the plan and the hope, that whilst we all know, as Porsche owners, and people know I've got a couple, what Porsche's about, do you then expect people who are looking for a full EV to say, well, I'll choose Porsche, but the electrification is actually the, the driving uh, driving part of that decision making? Absolutely. I mean, this is just the beginning. We're going to expand uh, the battery uh, electric the BEV portfolio for the brand uh, significantly. At, oh, yeah, it's very good. Uh, we're going to expand the portfolio of the brand uh, as the time goes on. I mean, we're, uh, we'll, we have the uh, cross trees version of the Taycan, which is, you know, in America we call it a crossover, um, whereas everywhere, everywhere else we call it a, a wagon, maybe. Um, and on top of that, we have the, we've announced the Macan battery electric, which I believe could be that very car that you mentioned, John. Yeah, I, I mean, the Macan's a great car. That That is a car that is already currently out there and, it, and is seen. I mean, it handles ridiculously well for an SUV. It's got no right to handle the way that it does. But that car will be a, a, a derived version of the current Macan with electrification, or is that going to come on a new platform, a new all-EV platform? We're not releasing too many diesels yet, but yeah, suffice it to say, it will be pretty new. Mm, okay, I'm, I'm already excited by that. All right, let's lean on it a little bit more as we come back down to the bus stop. The other thing is, by the way, the brakes on this car is superb. There, there is regen, but using the brakes is going to help you down into the bus stop. Oh, I love this part of the track. You don't have to go too far out in the middle. And then again, just get it straightened out on the exit. The suspension working really nicely indeed. As we've picked up the base again, we're going to have one more lap around Daytona. And, uh, well, I'm going to turn off the recorder now because the embarrassing thing here is I think the battery power on the recorder is going to go long before the batteries on this Taycan. We'll come back with some thoughts and some more chat about the Porsche Taycan here at Daytona International Speedway in just a moment. Real World Road Test. Well, I've got to admit that the road course at Daytona International Speedway isn't probably the natural environment for this car. However, what it's done there is challenged my conception of what an electric vehicle can do. And I guess that's part of the job of this Porsche Taycan. Exactly, that's right. I mean, again, for Porsche, we don't do things halfway. If it's going to be an electric car, it needs to be an electric car in our terms. And that comes with a lot of baggage, uh, the dynamics capability, the technical prowess, the build quality, the design, all of that. And so, you know what? There's a lot of history and we need to kind of move it now and look for the future. The styling as well is something interesting. It is quite clearly a Porsche. It has the Porsche DNA but it's also got its own personality. It would, as we said earlier, have been relatively easy to make it look like a, a, another current car. Um, but it isn't. It's a model, and 
a personality in its own right, but it's still very recognisable. It's not. People think electric cars have to look funky or they have to look identical to their ICE stablemates. Well, neither is true, and and that's what we're looking at here. That's exactly right. I mean, for us, form follows function, but you know, part of the function is form, and so for us, aerodynamics played a crucial role. So let's make the slipperiest design. But doesn't just because it's slippery doesn't mean it has to be ugly. No, indeed, and, and it really isn't. Let's just walk around the car and look at some of the, the key f- uh, features on the design. The back end with the recessed lights and what is now a, a, a very uh, noticeable move by Porsche to have the style line and the Porsche logo and the lights all running across the back. There is a diffuser at the back as well. I'll ask the question, but I think I know the answer. That's not just there for sure. No, that really works. And you, you notice it now on our way to drive down here, we got some rain. And when it rains, you really notice the contrails coming off of that. Now, yep. wheels and tyres, very important for an EV because of the fact you've got no ICE to mask road noise, noise vibration handlers, NVH, harshness. Uh, NVH is the automotive company. So working with your partner Michelin here, presumably to put something special together for this car. Correct. So the Taycan range has its own set of tires. So as Porsche owners know, uh, our tires are in spec, which which means that you know they're certified and validated by us as a company. These, for the Taycan, it goes another step further. So not only do they have to perform dynamically, but they have to be quiet and have low rolling resistance to maximize economy. Very good. Coming down the side of the car, four doors, nice coupe design. I, I like the way the the window is actually tricking you into thinking that it's a lower roof than it is. Bags of room in the back. Nice big rear door opening as well. The uh, the rear uh, wheel arch doesn't intrude so much, so getting in out the back there, that's lovely. Uh, and then nice big opening door in the front. Pillarless glass, double glazing as well. That helps the hold NVH. Absolutely. So the, it's, a, it's a multi-layer, and there's you can kind of see it a little bit. Um, and it's shielding for UV and infrared, um, so it keeps the cabin cool. Again, less load for their climate control system. Very lovely. Almost, I mean, almost a work of art design on the door mirrors here. And that, again, goes to what we've been talking about. This is, this is integration of philosophy as well as integration of design. Didn't close the back door properly. Uh, because once you start with a clean sheet of paper, you can do this kind of Absolutely. thing. Absolutely. I mean, uh, just as you mentioned on the wing mirror, these facets aren't there. Just They're there for show because it looks great. But it also helps guide the air around the, the mirror to control noise and uh, keep the car slippery. Right, let's get round to the front of the car, the face of the car. Very distinctive, very Porsche. Still got the badge on the front. I do like this blue colour. I'm a sucker for blue Porsches, to be honest. The aero at the front, not active aero, though. Yeah, there is, there is. Ah. Uh, we have two flaps uh, that are on the outside uh, for the radiators, and when you're in normal mode, they close up. But when you're in Sport Plus or the temperature is high, they'll open. And so the car can determine, you know, can balance between drag for cooling or aerodynamics for efficiency. Why do you need cooling on an electric car? Uh, there's a large battery here. Uh, the car generates a lot of heat through the power inverter and the motors. And so that's you're cooling that. The climate control system is used to both heat and cool the battery and the motor and the inverter so that everything is running at their optimal temperatures. It's been brilliant. Thank you very much. I hope I didn't disappoint uh, out on the road circuit there. Did you enjoy the road circuit? I absolutely loved it. I love the tour. Thanks a lot, John. Thank you very much indeed. The Porsche Taycan then, electric motoring. And as I said right at the beginning, this is not Porsche going electric. This is electric becoming Porsche.
Remember what Dr. Ferry Porsche said down through the years, that Porsche are an engineering company who just happen to build cars, and this is the next generation of that philosophy. Another real-world road test. Check out more at RadioLeMond.com. This program is a Radio Show Limited production. Tell your friends there's more at RadioLeMond.com.